Hello and welcome to this episode of Gaming the Podcast. My name is John Robertson and I'm joined by Stace Harmon. And this week we are talking about video game settings. Uh, which ones are most interesting to us, which ones we're, we're drawn to, even if we only know a little bit about a game, is there a setting that is enough in and of itself to draw us in and make us interested about that game? Uh, we don't know which settings either of us have chosen, so um, this could go terribly wrong. <laughs> um, so, yeah, do you want to get us off to a good start, Stace? What have you got? Okay, well, I'll get us off to a start, uh, and we'll, we'll see if it's good. But yeah, it's and I think it's it's just worth mentioning there, just or highlighting there, uh, what you've just said about that we're doing this somewhat blind. We've both we both knew the sort of remit for this episode. We've both gone away and thought about it, and so it'd be interesting to see how we've interpreted this and and what we've come up with. So I've got two examples, um, but to just take them through one at a time. My first video game setting that will immediately make me more interested in a game, even if, even if I know very little about it, and that I have more of an affinity for, is single self-contained locations, which sounds like quite a broad label, but so to give an example of what that might be, that would be things like, it would be things like Arkham Asylum in uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, it would be the Ishimura in Dead Space, it would be the home locations in What Remains of Edith Finch and Gone Home. So it's Resident Evil Mansion. Resident Evil Mansion to an extent, yeah, and and Rapture in Bioshock as well. And and in the case of in, so, Yeah, well. I was just gonna say, so this is it's interesting because I had a, a variation on mm. this for one of the ones I'm not gonna talk about. And okay. I'd called it abandoned spaces. So the Ishimura as okay. an abandoned space yep. mansion as well. I I went a little bit bigger, the town in Silent Hill to Silent Hill, the place Silent Hill as yep. well um well the so that yeah well that's interesting because the the that the abandoned spaces bit that the abandoned abandonment bit of that is the is one of the things that i often do find really interesting because there's a sense of um there's like a that notion that something here has happened and you're you're kind of it's kind of a video game archaeology of going through this space and piecing together things and seeing how i don't know how people lived or what they were doing in the moment that this thing like in the case of rapture what happened in the moments leading up to this place being abandoned so that is definitely a strong part of it um but it does i did kind of broaden it out a bit because i thought about those things uh, that that sort of line of reasoning but i broadened it out a bit because it also includes things for me like um ftl as well so something where it, it takes place although you are in the vastness of space of course that's the that's the narrative but a lot your game takes place within the confines of that tiny spaceship um so yeah there's there's both a narrative kind of there's a narrative coherence i think which is one of the things i really like about these spaces because it allows the the designers and the storytellers to drill down in quite a lot of detail and imagine this place in, in quite sort of stark relief against needing to create an entire city or needing to create. So it is part of the reason part of, but not entirely, but part of the reason I much prefer Arkham Asylum to either Arkham City or um, Arkham Knight, because I just feel it, it got too big and wasn't as interesting. It was far more interesting to me when it was this self-contained location. So there's, I mean, of course, there are games that are that, that don't uh, pique my interest as much or that aren't necessarily as well executed on. But there's definitely a, 
there's definitely a uh reassurance is probably the wrong word but there's there's something sort of appealing in the way that it is um kind of expectation management i know going into it there's sort of a it's quite comforting for some reason i sort of i know going into it that I'm going to get to spend time in this place. I think that's part of it's that I'm going to get to spend time walking around and, and I'm going to be returning as well. It's not just like it's a, a linear path from one end to the other. So I'm going to be, you know, there's going to be sort of routes that lead back to on themselves and perhaps certain doors are locked and then you'll find a way through to lead back to that hub area where you were. So yeah, there's lots of examples of it. Resident Evil's mansion is one of them and, and specifically the mansion bit of that for me uh rather than really the the lab underneath it it's more it is more the just that yeah. kind of or the garden outside or the, yeah the it's kind of very outside. much the the that initial i suppose opening hours of of resi so what? i think yes things like system shock 2 as well like it's it's these it's these and a lot of those do have that that abandoned spaces notion actually that's a really good way of describing it a lot of the things that i do really like have that yeah. um yeah, I mean, just how much of, of that is, because some other bits I've got in there, there's a lot of horror games that fall into this, Visage, mm-hmm. PT, there's a game I've been playing recently, Summer of 58, it's a little indie game, it's pretty good, Soma mm-hmm. is, is like that. Um, and there you said there's a comfort in in the the kind of the stark lines of the space that are being drawn, but is it also, because one of the things that I like about these sort of locations is also the tension that it creates by not by knowing that you can't just run away. Mm. Mm. Um, and like you knowing that you're playing a character that is trapped essentially yeah well that yes there is that but as we as as has been alluded to on a previous episode that we did about scary games i'm not a big one for scary games so the so i can see how it would absolutely work really well in horror in the horror genre uh part of what i found so challenging about pt to get through was that that kind of that single location in in that sense manifested for me as like a sense of claustrophobia and that that wasn't comforting that was not like oh i'm really looking forward to exploring this really screwed up uh house so but yes there is the it does it does increase um it does kind of up the ante on everything i think i think it means that the designers have to be more kind of at the top of their game in terms of creating a believable space and when you only have a self a, quite a small relatively small self-contained space creating a believable space is in the details for me whereas in a you know if you're going open world or something then creating a believable space is making it make geographical sense or making it make like it feel like these things are, are properly spaced apart whereas in a in a small location like the ones i'm talking about it really has to be far more like if it's a living space that has to be something that's not necessarily recognizable in the, in the, like a house, but like on the Ishimura in dead space, it was a, a ship that people lived and worked on. And mm-hmm. so that it had to make sense in terms of how, how areas were laid out and mm-hmm. that it's yeah. And it, it's, there's definitely a, if, so if I were to hear, for example, that, oh, this particular game that's coming out is a, you know, it's a, a crime game, it's a mystery game or something, and it's and it's all set in one one house or one, you know, street or something, then that would that would be, I'd be okay. That's that's interesting. That's that immediately. I'm more intrigued than I might have been if you just said it's an open world game where you have to solve crime or solve mysteries or whatever. So yeah, there's definitely a definitely something that really 
starts yeah. my imagination going, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I, I've got imagination written down here for the, my notes on this this one. Um, my literal note is relies on, you have to rely on your own imagination to fill in the gaps and make leaps from setting to meaning because there's no just people yeah. dotted around telling you that this is this, this is this. So the setting has to do the storytelling for you. So the setting almost becomes a character in that way, yes. or, or it is the main yeah. character in a lot of in a lot of ways. I think the issue more is probably the main character in Dead Space, at least mm. Dead Space 1. Mm-hmm. It's certainly the best um, written character in <laughs> Dead Space 1. Um, there's a certain Hitman levels as well fall into this. Not all, I mean, Hitman levels are sort of by their nature self-contained. But, of course, within that, there are ones that have a much bigger sprawl and ones that are much smaller. So things like Hokkaido, which is the last level of the original um, 2016 Hitman, not the original Hitman game, but 2016 Hitman, that's set in Japan, that one. And there's the bank level, which I think is set in New York, uh, which is a DLC level. But that's, uh, you know, just I think even saying that, like there's a level of Hitman set in a bank. Like that to me is immediately like, oh, wow, that's that's interesting. Like They can do some really interesting things with that. And I think they did in that level. And Dartmoor as well from Hitman 3. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a thing that it doesn't really matter what that space is necessarily, or I, I don't really, I don't really sort of define between if it's this or that, I'm more interested. It's just that notion of the majority of, if not all of this game is set in, yeah, this kind of self-contained location. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of mine. It's interesting that you had the abandoned spaces thing, because I think definitely part of those, as I say, is is, is ties into that for sure. Um, but yeah, there's there's a big... So if any developers out there want to let me know about any single single kind of self-contained location games they're making soon, uh, then oh, I'd be interested to to hear them so that's that's my i don't know if you'd term that as either specific or broad because it has lots of different examples but yeah i was gonna say that yours yours? so yeah my so my first one is more i think i think more specific than that in that it is an actual location rather than an idea i suppose Mm -hmm. although it is also an idea and it's video games set in schools or or that (laughs) have schools as a big part of their uh you know um, wow yeah through line narrative through line or whatever so persona 5 bully fire emblem three houses danganronpa yep. even like lollipop chain store which is, do you, uh, do you know like i was just pleasure. gonna say lollipop chains i was gonna say does the school need to factor into the gameplay or is it just a setting and then you said lollipop chainsaw so of course it's yeah there's like that's that, um, that question so yeah, schools, I mean, it's kind of similar in a weird way, and it's going to sound like the complete opposite, but it's kind of similar to, I like films set in prisons, and mm-hmm. schools are quite similar. <laughs> um, they've got Do a we lot need of, to have a talk about your childhood? <laughs> they've got a lot of similar themes in it, though. Like, it's the institutionalization of them. Mm. Like, there's just a bunch of random or somewhat random people that are all forced into this place. So there's immediate conflict there because they're not here by, they're not next to the other people by choice. So there's already a lot of narrative threads between the characters and between their relationships to Mm. pick up on and make great stories from. There's also clear line of authority from like the head teacher to the teachers down to the students. So again, disrupting those lines of authority um, give you some really clear and obvious ways to add drama and, and add intrigue. and also similar to the sort of enclosed single locations mm. you are for at least those pit those bits that set in the school in 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 those games um you are kind of locked into that setting so it's not like you can just 
like run away and do something else. I mean, in some yeah. games you can't. I mean, Bully is set largely wholly inside a school. Fire Emblem, you go out and do other stuff. Danganronpa, you're sort of stuck in there. Persona 5, you come and go. Um, so not all of these games are set wholly in schools, but they do have a strong... They revolve around school in some mm. in some way. I know that the Fire Emblem school is an officer's academy, sort of in its literal definition. But it's a school, basically. Like you gave yeah. you lessons and yeah. you, you know, whatever, like a like a and school. So, yeah. So how much of that, yeah, that? That's the thing. How much of that that structure, the school structure, is what you take the enjoyment from or those or those points of interest from like is that does that contribute is that like a that notion of routine and having to do certain things and be in certain places at certain times does that sort of contribute in a big way contribute in a big way to how what you take from these games well some yeah i think sometimes i think on a mechanical level it does the routine can add an interesting sort of tension to the gameplay because if you have to if you've got like a certain if you've got like say five blocks of time in this mm. gameplay session in the school then you have to decide how to use that time um so and i don't think time in games is often used well enough often it's just yeah. like now you do this yeah. mission but you can go and do 15 other missions in the meantime which is going to take two months of in-game or, or yeah. if, if it were real life it's two months of in-game time but the game doesn't recognize that. But yeah. if you've got like now it's first period, second period, third period. And if you choose to like do, then you have to make choices in that time of what mm. you do in those things. So it's a, it's a, it's, I was going to say easy, but it's not necessarily easy, but it's a very definitive way of having you, the player, think seriously about how do I spend my time in game here rather yeah. than just, I'm just yeah. going to do absolutely everything. I'm going to tick off a hundred feathers. I'm going to do 15 yeah. side missions before I do it. Well, you can't. Like you yeah. have to choose, and yeah, um, and, and well, that so that and that definitely plays into. I think is it is it Arkham City where uh, I think it must be Batman gets poisoned by Joker, and we're told that basically he's dying, and in, but but it's, it has exactly that problem that you, the critical path mission is go and basically go and get an antidote for this poison. But yeah, sure, you can go and do a bunch of other side missions while you're at it. You can go and do some Batman VR training or whatever. And it's like, that that's just silly. Like, so time, yeah, in that sense is not managed well. That As you were talking there about the predefined, because it's, it's time, but also as like action points, really, isn't it? It's like, there's a certain number of things you can do. And whether, because it doesn't matter whether they take five minutes or an hour in game. It's like, you can only do a certain number of things. And along those lines, I was thinking of Catherine as well. Like when mm. you're in the bar in yeah, Catherine, yeah, yeah, sure. that's the same thing. It's like you, you can only, and it does, it, it gives you this sort of predefined understanding that my actions here are limited. And so I have to think about it rather than. Yeah. You know, going and that's, and yeah. And I mean, that's the same, a lot of the same team that do Persona 5 does Catherine. So you know, mm. maybe that's just something that they always think about in design, whether it's on purpose or not, they are including time as a real feature. Yeah. of uh their games i think the other thing i like is it's not the school itself but it's it's the age of the characters in the game mm -hmm. because they're going they're growing up they're changing they're trying to become adults so yeah so not only yeah. yeah so they're dealing with their own inner turmoil as well as trying to exist in this world in which they've just been thrust in there with these random people that they might not necessarily like or or, or yeah. ever hang out with again and i always think that's that's an interesting way to create meaningful stories that are relatable in the real world even though these games i've mentioned are you know 
wildly different mm, from the real sure. world. But yeah. some some of the themes in them are things that people will will be going through. So yeah, having that like trying to become an adult because um, you know a lot of games where it's like party based or you're in a team or you're in a group, they're they've either chosen to be together those characters so they're all friendly with each other or it's like an rpg where you make your own team or customize your own characters or whatever so you've decided that they all get on to some degree but in in games in schools you're not that's not what it is it could be the person you hate most could be the person that you is sitting on your left and the person you love most is sitting on your right and you've got to deal with that yeah Um, yeah there's that subtext that immediate subtext that i think for the vast majority of us we can all get as well we will have some memory or understanding of how that feels to be this person on the inside going through school and then what you're choosing and how you're dealing with relationships on the outside and then chucking into that potentially you know world ending threats and stuff and how do you yeah and then you can have that's actually yeah it's really interesting because then you can have like oh we need to save the world oh but also does that girl or guy like me well you know, and also like yeah am i gonna yeah. fail my exams if i save the world yeah. like choose <laughs> like am i gonna save the world and yeah. no one knows that i've saved the world but i'm gonna cock up my exams yeah. or do i do my exams but the world might die later like yeah and it's silly yeah. and it's an extreme example but it's um i don't know it forces you or the character or the author of the game to write something interesting as a mm. resolution because there's that, yeah, it's that built in built in subtext it would be odd i would imagine to play a game that at least some of which is set in a school and so is dealing with characters of that kind of age where that wasn't a feature you know if you had just a bunch of very entirely well put together um self-confident self-assured people who know exactly who they are then that that would feel like a missed opportunity it would be odd to to have that set of characters in yeah. a school setting because that's not most people's experience of school so yeah that's yeah that's really interesting that's a um and just again to highlight i think that's one of the benefits of doing this particular episode doing it in this way doing it kind of blind and to each other's choices that it's yeah it then allows us to discover it kind of along with anybody who's listening so that's yeah i mean as i was as i was coming up with these when we came up with this podcast that was the one that i knew immediately like yes that one's that one's in the other ones i kind of had to do a bit more soul searching on but yeah. um but uh no the school schools i know immediately like yeah definitely the schools 100 percent was straight in mm-hmm. the top top places yeah like genuinely if there's a game that comes out it's like this is set in this place there's a lot more japanese games set in schools a lot more yes um, well yeah but uh yeah no it immediately For does reasons. my other one yeah. by the way is not very compatible with schools, but um, oh, okay. welcome. Well, interestingly, my second one, based on a lot of things you've just said and what you've literally just said, uh, is very compatible because my second one is an actual place and it is Japan. And that comes from a long... I have long had an interest in Japan and, and that's like that's not an uncommon thing. I think if, if you were to list countries that people can be quite um intrigued by or even kind of uh like, japan can almost become kind of uh, it can be like a fetish i think for some people it sort of yeah. gets or at least gets fetishi- fetishized fetishized fetishized, fetishized. Yeah. sure sure um yeah but i've had a long long had an interest in japan specifically how the sense of tradition and customs and 
history sits alongside its its kind of image as a ultra modern cutting edge tech innovator and how those two things often need to sit side by side and that's been the thing that i've that sort of has always interested me and then early very early last year um before things like flights became impossible uh i went to japan my wife took me to japan for my birthday and i was able to see a lot of that stuff and we spent some time in tokyo and then went out into the countryside effectively of japan and it was a lot of those things that I'd, i guess that i'd hoped it would be that it was i wasn't just sort of making it up i wasn't just hoping oh that you're going to be able to see the the very real effect of of things like tradition and customs and i think that goes hand in hand with there being an aging population and not just an aging population but an aging population that is uh you know respected in a way that perhaps we don't see so much in the west or at least in certain countries in the west um so yeah so that was that's sort of the background of my interest in japan as a as a as a place and as a set of values and and customs and then so what sort of games are you thinking because to my knowledge i mean when i think of games about a lot of like anime style based Mm -hmm. games jrpgs things like that come to mind but yeah i don't think they're necessarily the games that i would associate with you seeking out well, there, yeah. So this is the thing because there's there's game. I know that games set in Japan uh, have more of a a pre-release pull for me. So if I hear, so for example, when I heard that Ghost of Tsushima uh, was set in Japan, well, <laughs> before it was called Ghost of Tsushima, because that gives it away somewhat. But when I heard that there was a uh, an open world game, I'm kind of you know my interest is not particularly peaked. I'm kind of burnt out on open world games at that time. There's an open world game coming out. It's a big AAA Sony production. Okay, okay. It's called Ghost of Tsushima and it's set in Japan. My interest went from being, yeah, uh, you know, I guess I'll just see what it's like when it comes out to being, uh, it jumped immediately to being, okay, now I'm immediately more interested to seek out what this thing is and to find, okay, it's set in feudal Japan. That's interesting. Because I would say that as much as my real world interest in Japan is those kind of the marriage of the traditional and the modern, you don't get a lot of that in video games or certainly not in the games that I've I've sort of listed as ones that have I've I've played because of my interest in Japan it tends to be one or the other typically so Ghost of Tsushima is one um but things like so the more recent far more recent uh, Neo the world ends with you is a you know that's set not just in Japan but very specifically in the area around Shibuya and in in central Tokyo and that had a different appeal to me because it's I could point to places and be like, yeah, I've I've been there. I recognise not just that specific location, but the feel of this place. It, it had a more so than if it had been set in London or New York or somewhere like that. It was far more interesting to me for that reason. Um, and things like yeah, like Persona as well. That's that's another big one set in Tokyo. The there's also like sub bits of games. So I mentioned Hitman's Hokkaido level. That is one of my favourite levels in hitman the original hitman even though you don't really get to see much of japan there isn't a lot of japan in that space but it's the touches of that it's the fact that this ultra modern facility is in japan in the mountains so you you can look out on your balcony and like you can see there's fireworks and um lanterns being let off and so it has that the setting and then you're in this ultra modern facility that's doing all this cutting edge uh, research and and procedures and then when you walk around that facility, 
they have the um and i don't know what they're called but they have the those like fabric or material sort of mini curtains you know as you like walk through a, an open doorway it has those that kind of separate the the two sides of the room so there and there's like tatami mats and uh, i think you sit down at very low tables so there's just these little touches that that bring it back but it's not it doesn't have a strong japanese essence necessarily um were you as interested in those games before you went to japan or is it or or has it spiked or has it been born from that uh no i think it's yeah i think i was as interested before i went and i think but but in going there is some specific ones like some of the the persona imagery and and the world ends with you as well that i now have a different appreciation for or i think an increased appreciation for because i've been and i can point to places and say yeah i i know how that feels or i know that those things that are decorating this room i can see as being indicative or representative of what i saw whilst i was in japan so that enhances that feeling there's and then there's things like animal crossing that have uh the most recent animal crossing um that have very specific like vision of japan like, well they have crossing. like things like the vending machines walking around right? yeah of course that <laughs> happens every day Things like the vending machines, which are, you know, ubiquitous in Japan, not just in cities, but in mm. almost anywhere that you go. There are these these vending machines everywhere. And the vending machines in Animal Crossing are very much modelled on those kinds of vending machines in Japan. And there's little things that I think, had I not been, I wouldn't recognise. Uh, so there's definitely a, yeah, it does influence it in some in some way, shape or form. But it's, there is, it can be like a shorthand and it, like one of the one of the reasons Ghost of Tsushima works so well, the narrative of that game and the storyline of that game works so well for me is because they have that clash of traditional, honourable um, behaviour and ways of acting, even in extreme situations like being at war. And then that's like Jin's uncle, uh, and then they have Jin Sakai, who is much more well, we need to just do whatever we need to do to get things done. It's like, if we follow the honourable old ways, we're just going to get killed and that's going to wipe us out. And so that brings him into conflict with his uncle. And so whilst it doesn't depict kind of a modern day Japan in the in the more obvious sense, there is that kind of old and new. There is that traditional versus the the more sort of forward, not forward thinking, but forward looking. The the We have to be realistic. And if that means that we're going to clash and, you know, our relationship's going to be destroyed, so be it. But and I think that works particularly well because it is set uh, in Japan, as well as a lot of the like the imagery um, that they've put throughout that the, the whole samurai like standoff when you do a you do a duel. There's just there's lots of things that are, I guess, that tap into my my image of Japan. So um, a romanticized image. It as, is a romantic yeah, outsider. It is. It is, yeah, absolutely. It's, it isn't based on like a, a deep-seated knowledge of the ins and outs, and and I think some of that because I think we talked about uh, we talked about Ghost of Tsushima recently on one of the podcast episodes, and things like the um, like the haikus for yeah. the, the period of, of Japan that historical that is set, accuracy. Yeah, haiku, oh, that was yeah, absolutely. It was yeah, the humankind haikus uh, as a form of poetry weren't didn't exist or certainly weren't anywhere near as popular as we've come to know them to be. Samurai in that time were dressed in a different way. They used different weapons. Most of them were um, on horseback. So it is a, there's a certain number of creative liberties that have been taken with it. So it is, yeah, as you say, sort of a romanticized version of Japan. Mm. But 
and Akami as well. Like Akami works going back several more years. Akami works as a tapping into the folklore and the mythology of Japan. It's it just is almost sort of across the board a thing that I'm more interested in if it's set in Japan. And I think the one the one big sort of uh blind spot I've perhaps got on this, or the most obvious one to me at least that came up, was that I've not played a single entry in the Yakuza series. Mm. Which is odd because it's set in Japan. It's basically it's everything of, you've been talking it, about. It's a, it's a specific yeah. area of your. I know it's got a different name, but it is based on Shinjuku, and it's supposed to be Shinjuku. Very definitely, right, um, right. So yeah, and that's and you've played well all of the the Yakuza games, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's a series that you really really enjoy. It so it's that's well, it's yeah. been on my list, and I need to basically get to it. And it's it's odd when I started thinking about this, and I realised that Japan was one of those places. So yeah, how how is it that I haven't played Yakuza yet? That is, yeah. that's odd. Well, it is a good time. Yakuza Like a Dragon's just come out, although that's set in a different place. But Judgment, and there's a new Judgment coming out, they're both set in, in Kamarocho, this sort of Shinjuku knockoff. Um, so, you just yeah, don't play as a Yakuza, you play as someone else. But My next. Well, it's interesting that you've said that because my next one does include Kamarocho, So, and it's a much smaller number of games. I actually found it difficult to think of many games that are in this setting um but red light districts are Mm -hmm. are are an area that i i don't know if it if it meets that criteria of game is set here therefore well actually no if there was a game set holding the red light yes i would be interested (laughs) um but i can't i couldn't think of as many examples so camarocho is the most obvious one uh throughout yakuza most of the yakuza games and uh well they all feature it in some part um and judgment um but and then the other big ones the other ones that i could think of definitely um cyberpunk 2077 has a red light district not just a single brothel either but like a a, a, a small area uh and wall market in final fantasy 7 um it might be a bit of a stretch to call that a red light district but it does feature a lot of things and it's not just like sex stuff you know it's like mm. it's just like nightlife and there's the burlesque show there and the yeah. the weird shops and the whole don corneo scene where you've got to dress up as the most attractive girl possible um as cloud um so it's not just brothels which are in many more games like mass effect gta uh what's the other the witcher has um mm-hmm. like it's not mm-hmm. just that that that's not that it's the it's the, it's the whole district that is yeah that's important and i think a lot of a lot of it actually a lot of the interests comes from in a similar way to why i like schools but it's that same thing it's that all different kinds of people with different backgrounds with different reasons for well not that everyone has the same reason to go to school but Everyone the same, often the same reason to go to Red Light District as well. But different backgrounds and different, like, you know, they're just, like, pushed into this area together. Like, you know, in the Red Light District, you've got everything from curious tourists to the people who are here every day to the rich businessmen who are just here for a laugh to, you know, awkward 20-year-olds who are here for the first yeah. time, like, trying to see what, it, see what it's about. So um yeah it's it's really about this sort of melting pot of these different people that are there and all like the stuff and 
red light district you know it's a sort of nighttime environment usually um people are a bit pissed and whatever so it's just got all the recipes for just interesting things to happen um often and uh in mm. a wide diversity of of ways and i mean camarocho in yakuza is not only an excellent red light district it's just one of the best singular locations in in a video game like the place is small that's open world but it's small and essentially it's the same one in all of the games so not only is it small and it's managed to to host that fast game it's hosts like six seven games mm. well, more than that eight eight games um i know different yakuza's are set there to a different degree but they, they all include it and they all include largely the same boundaries so it's still amazing that we're playing Judgment, which is the most recent of the Yakuza, yeah, slash Yakuza spin-offs that I've played. That's got the same batting cages and some of the same restaurants and everything that had in Yakuza 1 that came out all that, all that time ago. Um, that doesn't make it a great red light district, but I think it's a good example of how the density and the um, pushing all of these different things together in a small space. Um, a red light district is a really interesting form of getting that very concentrated a lot happening a lot of different elements to it in a very tight environment yeah. like you know in a red light district you walk around a corner and you expect to see something like it's not just going to yeah. be like a dead <laughs> street um yeah and that's that's i've always been uh i've always yeah i've always appreciated that like t- just density of content and density of people and density mm. of variety in those it's, sort of it- spaces it's interesting that both of both of yours, the school and red light district, are are spaces that uh, that facilitate the interaction between people from all walks of life. Like like you've said already, but that that's that's an interesting like they're a place to go to see people in a space that you can't even say they've got stuff in common because they are there for all different reasons and that's yeah well they're like people watching dreams aren't they yeah yeah like and i suppose i don't know um when you're saying that like i like one of my favorite hobbies outside of video games is just walking around the street taking photos of people so there's probably something some voyeuristic tendency in me of seeing just these being a fly on the wall i guess of these different people having these different interactions i always find fascinating what about something like would like would hotels fall into the same kind of thing <laughs> just for walking you? around people's hotels. no i don't Hello. mean you, i don't mean you <laughs> walking around hotels in real life taking pictures i mean in a video game would hotels uh i mean hotels do have the thing of it you know they tend to be there's lots of lots of people different people go there but then they all go off into their own little you know, cubby yeah. holes with the rooms. So it's, I guess you're not, there's not yeah. a lot of forced mixing. Yeah, they're there, not forced, is there is in, they? No, because I was thinking restaurants as well, but yeah. restaurants, you're kind of isolated in your little island on your own table. You're not really interacting with the people around you much unless someone pisses you off or, yeah. <laughs> um, or like, what's that table over there having? I'll have that. It's usually as far as it goes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other other settings that kind of have that similar similar vibe i'm sure there's many um prisons like i said you are like i always like prison films for similar reasons to this um i'm sure there are other games i can't think of any of the other settings but yeah no i always i've always been always um yeah that sort of environment um i think that's why because it's like i said before it's, it's important to distinguish 
red light districts from just brothel because that's not the same thing it's not like the sex element that i'm interested yeah. in it's just like here's an arena that um all these different people come and like the nature of that um being there with all these, like sets like you know that just you just need a little spark and all hell is going to kick off or something is gonna gonna happen there yeah yeah and i guess with also with a with a brothel it, that can be thinking about the way that they are represented in video games in things like the witcher for example as you mentioned but they they can just be a single building in an otherwise unremarkable town location it's like oh there's yeah. the greengrocer there's the butchers and then two <laughs> doors down there's the knocking shop you know like it's yeah. it's not very it doesn't allow its influence to kind of to sort of spread out onto the streets and yeah create a whole vibe or a whole atmosphere in an area um yeah well that's so did did you have any like I don't know, honourable mentions honorable, or anything Yeah, like that. well, the large abandoned spaces, um, I say large because I don't know, like there are games set in single rooms. Um, so large, as we, we've spoken about, like the town in Silent Hill, the Ishimura, mm. the mansion, Soma. Well, PT, PT isn't large. I mean, it doesn't have to be large. Maybe abandoned spaces is the important thing. And then the other one, so the mo- one of the most obvious ones that came to mind was dystopian futures, which yeah. I'm always fascinated with. Um, like Final Fantasy Seven, uh, Deus Ex, Metro Twenty Thirty Three, um, Half Life, Half Life Two, yeah, um, yeah. and then but then I split that into there's like future dystopias and then like alternative history dystopias. So like the new Wolfenstein mm-hmm. games, Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I am fascinated by those things. I mean, a lot of Wolfenstein is the Man in the High Castle, Philip K. Dick, but um yeah that sort of alternate history that like what if like what if the nazis had won the war or what if someone had followed Anne rand's ideas and built a self-contained city and bioshock like that sort of that sort of things but then i thought future dystopia the reason i didn't go with that is because it's just it was a bit because schools and red light districts were that bit more you know precise like yeah. uh, future dystopia can mean it doesn't just have to be cyberpunky stuff it could be you know it could be mad max it could be like loads of different things yeah. so it wasn't it was a bit a bit broad so i kind of um yeah just put it as an honorable mention rather than a main i name. had a, a similar ish thing i mean mine was broader again but it was like post-apocalyptic landscapes once upon a time once upon a time post-apocalyptic and also as cliched as it sounds now, but just zombies would have once upon a time been like, oh, I'm interested. And I mean, yeah. now it's like, okay, really? If it hasn't got zombies, it's a surprise. But there was there was something in that, like taking it back to, um, taking it back to like, how do, how has this thing been, been transformed by this event? So like the abandoned spaces, like the self-contained locations, things like, you know, uh, the shopping mall in the first Dead Rising game, there was that, like, how is this thing, this thing that you're used to seeing, it's that, like, you know, the familiar made unfamiliar, or the familiar made sort of slightly peculiar or a bit odd, or uh, and post-apocalyptic, like, again, a shopping mall, in Left Behind, the Last of Us DLC. Like, it's it's that seeing this thing that you're used to seeing, but through the eyes of characters who have no concept of what this thing is in the case of left behind. That's, that was very interesting. So post-apocalyptic, but then I I just felt it felt too, it felt too broad, but it also just felt too like, 
it's that's no longer it certainly is no longer enough if if somebody says you know post when day's gone for example was announced mm. oh it's post apocalyptic i was like okay great like so what like it, it needs to be more yeah more than that it needs it's to be more specific for me isn't now. it post apocalyptic yeah, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of games um yeah and yeah zombies aren't quite the uh you know the cutting social commentary that they perhaps have been used to be in the past that's now just of course it's got zombies in it like yeah why wouldn't it have so yeah yeah i didn't i don't think i had any that was were as specific i mean you did mention you mentioned previously that you really like films that are set on airplanes Um, as well yeah you probably struggle to find video games that are set (laughs) on airplanes I it's a tough one what... i don't know what that design would look like but i would but but if someone said this game's set 100 on airplanes okay i'm gonna play that um just out of curiosity well partly to honor my love of airplane based <laughs> movies but also just no. curiosity how have they done that like well, what have they decided to do like there's two narrow focused, narrow aisles yeah. to walk up and down yeah. uh, you might be able to get to the cargo bit at the bottom um Beyond that, what are you yeah. going to do? Um, but I would be very curious to to play something like that. Yeah. Well, there okay. we go. I think yeah, the experiment worked quite well. I think to to kind of not have talked about it prior, so that was you know perhaps that's something we'll look at doing again in the future. But those were our video game settings that kind of pique our interest that we're most drawn to. Um, so we had the kind of self-contained locations. Um, we had schools. We had Japan, and we had red light districts. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, be curious to hear what you guys uh, would have picked, um, whether you've been influenced by us or not. Um, so yeah, let us know in the comments. Be as niche or as broad as you like. Whatever, whatever comes up. List some examples if you've got interesting examples, but. Otherwise, follow us on social media. We are at Indie by Design on all platforms. And our website where you can check out and buy our books is indiebydesign.net. But otherwise, thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye.